Hello, everybody. Welcome to season two of the Work Inspired Podcast. I'm your host, George Lucas Pfeiffer. And for episode one, we've got a phenomenal guest on the show. Linda Rutherford is a senior vice president and the chief communications officer at Southwest Airlines. Today, we'll uncover how to have a long, successful career at a great organization. We'll look at how the travel industry is navigating the extreme change brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic. And we'll explore some of the building blocks of a phenomenal work culture and a great place to work. I hope you're ready for an amazing show. Let's get started. Linda, thank you so much for being on our show. So excited to kick off season two of the Work Inspired podcast with you as our guest. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So I want to just get started by hearing from you. Who is Who's Linda? Tell me a little bit about your professional story, uh, what you're passionate about. uh, What do you do in your current role? Okay. So I, um, my current role, I'm the senior vice president and chief communications officer for Southwest Airlines, uh, based in Dallas, Texas. Um, I, uh, I think you would call me an accidental executive. Uh, my background and my passion, um, was in newspaper and magazine reporting. So I studied that in college. My degree was in journalism. Uh, my first role off of, uh, outside of college was with Newsweek magazine in New York. And, um, and before I switched careers, I was uh, the aviation beat reporter for the Dallas Times Herald, which was the other major metropolitan daily newspaper here in the Dallas area. But um, you know, I, I think it's been my my professional career in communications, uh, working with corporate culture, crisis communications has really been in my uh, 28, almost 29 years here at Southwest Airlines, and uh, what I would call my my on the job adventure every day. <laughs> Well, and that's something that I think is just phenomenal. I mean, coming up on three decades at one company, uh, what what a great story. Talk to me a little bit about why you decided to stay with Southwest for so long. You know, I... my personal passion is uh, just lifelong learning. And so I like being able to get up every day and learn something I didn't know the day before. And the career in the aviation business has certainly been a dynamic one because uh, there's just so much going on and some of it's expected and and a lot of it is not expected. So it keeps you on your toes. Um, I'm at one company for this long for a number of reasons. Uh, The work has continued to be challenging and exciting and fulfilling. Uh, The people, that I get to work with both as, um, you know, my, my mentors and my leaders have been terrific, uh, to me as well as the people that I have been able to work with on the teams, um, that, that I get to collaborate with have just been terrific. And so getting, when you're surrounded with talent, doing exciting things every day, there's, there's nowhere, there's no reason to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's something that clearly when you get to a leadership position, it's something you look for is who, who can you hire and bring on your team that's going to be there for a very long time. We have somebody on our team that's celebrating his 50th year at our company and and it's also his retirement year. And so those are like the dream employees, right? You know, like he, because there's such a cost to onboarding. But then on the flip side, you also hear sometimes people advise that when you're young in your career, especially that moving around a little bit gives you better experience and exposure. So I guess my follow-up question to this is, is a little bit twofold. Uh, first, if you were giving some a recommendation to someone seeking a job, what would you tell them to look for in a career where they could really invest for the long term and see themselves at for a long period of time? 
I would tell them to look at the work itself. If it's going to provide a variety, if it's going to provide a depth, if they're going to be able to stretch themselves and learn some things that they may not know or may not be, you know, uh, an expert in at this point, I would have them pay attention to the the trajectory of the both the industry that they're looking to move into, as well as the set of companies that compete in that industry, um, and and understand where they would be if they're working if they're going to work for one of those particular firms, you know, where are they sort of in the, in the mix? Uh, I would further, while we don't always get to choose our bosses, um, I would also look to see what the leadership is and, and, you know, what are their uh, leadership philosophies? Uh, what are their backstories? Where do they come from? What is their style of leadership? You know, there's so much, thankfully, today in the digital world that you can find out about an organization that you want to join. Shame on you if you don't do that homework. Mm-hmm. And you talked, and I was going to ask you about this a little bit more later on in our conversation, but you talked about culture and obviously Southwest is known for its, its great work culture. How important is that? And how could a, uh, if you are looking at companies to potentially go work for, and maybe for a long time, how do you identify quickly what kind of work culture exists, maybe even in the interview process? You know, when we when we interview our own employees about why they're engaged and why they choose to stay, we hear a lot that it's about the people that they get to work with every day, that they have a friend at work. Uh, we hear that it is about the teamwork and it's the collaboration that they get to participate in. Um, obviously, it's about advancement and opportunity to take on, you know, more challenging assignments. And it's those things above, uh, you know, pay and salary and title um, and, you know, speed of advancement. So, that convinces us that there is something to the intangibles of the Southwest culture that are important to the overall employee experience. And a way that a potential candidate can find out about that is to talk to, you know, uh, friends, family, neighbors, uh, colleagues who might work at that organization and find out how they, uh, how do they describe the work environment? Would they recommend um, the work environment to someone else who's looking to potentially go to work there? There's all kinds of resources like Indeed com and Glassdoor that can give you, you know, um, perspective employee, current employee, former employee perspectives about what that company or that organization was like to work for. And so, again, there's just a, a plethora of information available to people who are willing to do some digging. But you can uh, you you can learn a lot about the culture by talking to people who work there now. Um, and, and learn what their experiences have been. And you can ask all kinds of questions. It's not just about advancement, but when you had something happen in your personal life where you needed you know, a bit more flexibility or a bit more support, how did the company react to that? Or was there a time in your career where you were struggling and how did your immediate leadership and, and your company react to that? So um, you, you would really benefit by, by getting to talk to others who've you know, basically walked a mile in your shoes you know, before, you, before you're considering joining the organization. Great advice. And then the second part of my question there was on the employer's side, when you're looking to build a team that's got a higher likelihood of staying around, some of it's probably finding the right people. But then I'm guessing that there's another large component that is how are you treating the people that are there? You talked about your passion of continuous development. I'm guessing that has a pretty significant role in making sure that your team continues to grow without feeling like they need to leave 
leave to go to another another company or industry. Is that is that accurate? That's a great point. You know, Southwest Airlines spends an inordinate amount of time and resources in actually sourcing the right talent. So when we find that right person to come on board in whatever position, whatever function, we really do want to invest and pour in them so that they can, um, we like to call it the, you know, the, the you know, you're joining the career, the cause of a lifetime. And so we do spend quite a bit of time in um, retention activities, um, in development in mentorship and sponsorship. Uh, We have our own internal uh, learning organization called the Southwest Airlines University, uh, where we offer opportunities for, you know, continued professional development. And, you know, we want you to be able to plant and grow. And and I I guess I'm an example of that um, because, you know, obviously what I'm doing today looks very different than what I was doing uh, 28 years ago. But but there are a lot of stories. You know, I'm, I'm I'm not unusual. When you look at the Southwest roster, there's quite a few people who have many, many, many years uh, of tenure. And they obviously feel as I do that they came into an organization that has invested in them and has helped us, you know, continue to grow and change just as the organization has had to, you know, morph and, and evolve. And certainly in the last 12 months, there's been a lot of morphing and changing, right? I, I want to talk a little bit about where we're at right now as we record this podcast in early 2021. We've got the vaccine rollout happening. Um, we've just gone through about a year of pandemic with lots of lockdowns and significant changes to almost every industry, really. I'm interested to know how has that impacted Southwest and the, the, uh, the airline industry in general? Yeah, so for for travel and tourism, I think in general, it's been devastating. And certainly we've seen that impact show up with, you know, um, amusement parks being closed, restaurants having to limit capacity, uh, hotels having to, you know, really uh, work hard to get to, you know, to get guest bookings. Um, The airline industry has not been immune. 2020 saw the the most significant and prolonged drop in travel demand that we've ever seen in our history. And we had times in March and April of 2020 when we would be flying airplanes that had single digit passengers on them. And that was obviously a very scary time. Now, on one hand, we were proud because those people who were flying, a lot of them were medical personnel. Uh, they were essential workers. We were doing a lot to carry um, medical equipment and, and things like that. So they were proud missions, but they were scary missions at the same time, because obviously um, we had nobody, you know, booking tickets. Um, today, you know, here we are in, you know, early 2021, I would tell you that things are looking a little bit better, but our business is still down significantly. You know, you know, let's call it 65 to 70% below year ago levels, uh, pre-COVID levels. We're beginning to see some green shoots of pent up demand, particularly in leisure travel. So we, we think that as more people get their full uh, vaccinations, um, that we will see some return of, of leisure travel. Business travel, which is really what an airline industry's bread and butter is, is going to take a lot longer to return. And we think that even when there is a, a full return of business travel, it's still going to look, you know, potentially 20 to 25% less than it did uh, before March of 2020. So we'll all have to, you know, adjust to that. Um, Southwest Airlines has done a number of things to, for instance, uh, work on overstaffing. We, we had a lot of voluntary separation programs, buyout packages. 
Uh, we've been doing some creative extended leave, um, you know, where people, even salaried employees, could opt to, you know, take um, partial salary to be off work for a period of time. So we're doing everything we can to to burn the least amount of cash possible, uh, with the hopes that you know, as travel begins to pick up, we can get to you know break even. Um, we'd love to be able to do that in you know 2021. I guess you know the the, the future environment will will tell. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I, I, you know, the short term impact, I think, is fairly obvious. People were afraid to fly because there was a virus. I think the long term impact, especially that you're talking around with, you know, the business impact is that remote work. How 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 significant will the remote work trend be? And we're hearing from a lot of the people we talk to that minimally it's going to be a flexible working future where there is there's certainly going to be more at home than there ever was before. Um Given that that obviously impacts your industry as it as it has been, and it's impacting ours as well, how are, how is Southwest currently working? Are you guys planning to 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 is the future of work at Southwest from a corporate perspective a hybrid of home and office? We think it's going to be flexible, as as you've described. Now, one of the things we obviously have to keep in mind is that we are we're an operation, right? And we're nearly a twenty four seven operation. So, you know, the majority of our employees uh, don't have the option to work remotely because they're in an airport. You know, they're uh, they're in a call center. They are, um, you know, working on airplanes. Uh, they're serving our customers. Uh, so, um, as headquarters and support functions, while we obviously need to do, you know what what is what is um cognizant of sort of the future of work and and yes there will be some you know hybrid and and remote um options in that we also have to remember that you know sometimes we just have to be there because our employees have to get up and be there who are you know making the operation happen day in and day out um i think that there will be hybrid uh, options that work um you know i i i think that as we think about how that translates into demand overall we're hoping uh, and we believe that there will still be some level of zoom calls and teams meetings and virtual collaboration, but there's some fatigue there as well. And people do want to get back to physical gatherings. Uh, So, you know, we're talking to our friends uh, in some of our convention heavy uh, locations like San Antonio, Nashville, uh, Las Vegas, and they're already seeing some convention bookings. Uh, So we believe that the people will begin uh, to travel again for business. And, and get back together and, and um, you know, we'll be glad for that. Uh, in terms of our corporate structure, we think the future of work will absolutely have some level of flexibility to allow uh, for remote work simply because we prove, we've proved that it works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and to that point, let's circle back to the culture conversation because I know that part of the strong Southwest culture was that togetherness, that people, you know, uh, aspect has that had to change at all or adapt based off of the remote nature of the last 12 months. Sure. You know, we, there's uh, gosh, Southwest celebrates and rewards and recognizes in so many different ways, but you know, some of the iconic events do, uh, you know, um, revolve around, uh, you know, live events. And so we've certainly not been able to do those. And so we've had to pivot to, you know, what we uh, digital uh, and virtual uh, events. In fact, we, um, so um, just for Valentine's Day, we're able to, normally we would have a giant event in person where we would recognize what we call our heroes of the heart, uh, which is a department that might work behind the scenes, not necessarily visible to customers, but has done some real, you know, important work in the last year 
that needs to be recognized. And so, um, you know, the, the, the team that was just uh, announced um, is that is our customer experience team, because certainly they've had to do quite a bit differently in order to make the Southwest promise, you know, come to life for our customers. But um, normally that would be a giant event. There would be a huge, you know, in-person element to that. There would be an aircraft that is unveiled with their names blazoned on the side of it. Um, and all of that had to be done in, you know, in a virtual environment and a virtual reveal and, and those kinds of things. I think they still felt very special and honored, but you do, you have to take each one of those touch points and rethink them. Um, because if they had a physical element, we've had to come up with some other clever and, and creative ideas in order to keep people engaged, um, show our sense of humor and personality, even in a tense environment and, and show people that we care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, we, we've talked about a number of things in this conversation already, the continuous education and learning, the you know, career development, the having the right people, the culture aspect. When it, when it comes to creating a great place to work, whether that's in a corporate office or at a terminal or at home through remote technology, what are the, some of the ways that, that Southwest accomplishes that? Because I do feel like Southwest, when you think of the great place to work, just idea. I do feel like Southwest is on the, is on that list. It comes to mind, you know, uh, I don't know how you've pulled it off, but that is part of the brand. I feel like almost, um, maybe it's because you, fo- you focus on showing happy employees, but what, what is, what is some of that secret, uh, recipe for success that you guys have with great place to work? <laughs> Well, great place to work comes first from hiring great talent. So again, I mentioned that we spend just an inordinate amount of time and resources in finding those just right people and and we don't rush. And so that's the first thing is bring great people into your organization and then give them the tools they need to do great work. Um, Then we have leadership accountability, right? So it's leaders making sure they understand their role in being great communicators in knowing how to motivate and inspire their teams. Um, and, And sometimes that can mean that, okay, well, you know, now we're all working remotely. How is a leader going to make that stretch and make sure that he or she connects with every everybody on the team, uh, even though they might not be able to wander by their cube or see them, you know, physically in a conference room meeting? Um, the uh, we, we, we follow a model that's called ACE, and it's about uh, an understanding that an employee's experience, they need to feel like they have some achievement. So that's the A. They have some camaraderie. So they enjoy the people that they work with and the team that they're on. And then equity, that they're building sort of a, you know, a reputation and a body of work that is meaningful to, you know, contributing, for instance, to Southwest Airlines success. And so, you know, we look at a lot of different ways of doing that um, through, again, our professional development through Southwest University. We have recognition programs that we do through our culture and engagement. Uh, we have regular ways of talking to our employees through pulse surveys, um, you know, focus groups uh, and and roundtables. And so making sure that we sort of understand, you know, where where we might have any gaps in their wants and needs. Uh, if there is a moment that matters most to them in their employee journey, how good are we at delivering on that moment? And so we spend a lot of time sort of understanding from the time you think you want to work here until the time you decide that, you know, you're ready to retire, those moments that matter, we want to be good at those. Uh, and that will only help build and, um, and, and nurture and, and grow our culture. That's, that's great feedback. Thank you for sharing that. Um, 
Let's switch gears a tiny bit because we talked a lot about Southwest. I want to finish the conversation by talking a little bit about you and your career, because clearly you're one of those leaders at Southwest that has, uh, you know, that has been well nurtured and has been engaged and has has succeeded there at that company. Uh, What is a resource that's been valuable to you in your professional journey? So I, you know, I I mentioned early on that I am fond of lifelong learning. And so I'll find those opportunities, whether it's, you know, it's a webinar or it's a book or it's an article or uh, it's a it's a group of people, Um, you know, here in the last 10 years or so, I've been involved with the the Page Society, uh, which is a a group a professional development group that specifically caters uh, to chief communications officers and um, and the needs that they have, you know, while they're uh, working to serve their various organizations. So, um, you know, mentors, certainly uh, people, uh, sounding boards, I like to call it my kitchen cabinet. So, you know, people that you can go to who you can ask those vulnerable questions and they're going to be real with you and, and give you some, you know, sound advice or things to think about. That's great. And speaking of mentors, if you were mentoring somebody, what's a nugget of wisdom that you, that you would, you would share with them? Uh, a, a nugget of wisdom that I share often is that you have to remember if someone is giving you a chance or an opportunity or a stretch assignment that there is a level of trust that you have earned and that you need to seize upon that because it's important to have a perspective. So oftentimes you'll get asked to weigh in on something, to offer an opinion, to, you know, give a judgment on something. A lot of times we, we tend to silence ourselves. Um, and, and particularly as we grow in our careers, it seems like the tendency is to, to get more mute uh, because we don't want to say or do the wrong thing. And I always encourage folks that I, I get to work with that, you know, don't, 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 don't act that way. You actually, this is the time when you need to speak out because you need to have a, you have a perspective. So you need to share that perspective. You need to have the courage to not only uh, understand that people want to hear from you, but then have the courage to actually articulate and and get that point out, get that point, that opinion, that thought um, out there for, for the people around you to benefit from. I think that's really important because when you talked about how do you create a great place to work, you, you, you talked a lot about listening to, you know, to the, to the, the team and the people that work at your organization. And then what you just said was not just, you can't just be willing to listen. You have to empower them to actually feel confident enough to share so that there's something to listen to. So I think that that's great, great advice. Um, all right. Final question. Uh, those people that have been instrumental in your success, that maybe the mentors that you had, um, what's, what's, what are some of the qualities or even just one quality that a great leader possesses? Uh, several, I think first is an intellectual curiosity. So just, you know, wanting to know more about things and understand them at more than a, more than a base level. Um, I think the ability to listen and to be a quality listener is certainly important. I think the, uh, willingness to take intelligent risks, is important for a leader. I think having a lot of ways in which you can uh, motivate and inspire those around you. And, and it's important to, you have to know the people around you in order to know how to motivate and inspire them. So it's, you know, it's, again, it's an intentional effort to, to know those around you. Um, And then lastly, I would say there's a, there's a realness and a vulnerability, and that might be a personal style of mine, but I have always appreciated leaders who were not afraid to admit when they made a mistake 
who were not afraid to be direct. Um, and so sometimes there's tough love in that, but you know, everybody has a style. Uh, but I, I certainly have appreciated the leaders when they have been able to be, you know, honest and um, blunt and direct with me. Mm. Well, Linda, thank you so much for sharing uh, your words of wisdom and your your experience with us. We're excited here in Chicago about your uh, O'Hare expansion. Um, that's that's we exciting are news. too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we spent so, so many years telling people that we only serve Chicago Midway Airport, and now we get to tell them we serve O'Hare too. <laughs> it's, it's very exciting. Uh, more Southwest flights to come. I'll be excited to follow you and 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 not just your company, but the whole industry as we all navigate. The, our way out of the pandemic and into the post-pandemic world. But thank you so much for, for spending some of your valuable time with us today. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment to rate our show. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Work Inspired podcast so that you don't miss any of the incredible guests we have planned for upcoming episodes. We'll continue to find the best and brightest minds in business so that you can learn, grow, and succeed, and so that we can all work inspired. Work Inspired is brought to you by BOS, a leader in commercial working environments and a Hayworth best-in-class dealership. Experience our 360 approach and discover the team, tools, and techniques required to navigate the complexity of your next workspace at BOS.com. If you have ideas, feedback, or would like to be featured on our show, please email podcast at BOS.com. Thank you for listening. This has been a Workspace Digital production. If you're interested in launching a podcast at your organization, please email info at workspace.digital for a free consultation.